Hey, Jenna. Yes, Steve? What vegetable should never be served on a boat? I don't know what. Leeks. <laughs> Leeks are a vegetable. I don't get it. Yes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is episode 170, and I'm your host, Stephen Dutzman. As always, this is the official video game and board game podcast for EngageFamilyGaming.com. EFG is a website where parents like myself and my co-host come together to give everyone the information they need to get their family game on. This week, it's a fireside chat with me and the newly famous Amanda Farrow. How are you? Wait, I'm famous? You're internet famous, when as far as I'm famous? concerned, because you were uh, because you slayed on Kind of Funny Games Daily last Friday. That was pretty fun, um, I watched every minute of it, um, and I was cheering you on the whole time. The only thing I didn't think to do was send something into the You're Wrong section, praising you, because I know he would have read it. <laughs> he um, probably would have, yeah. And in like a Machiavellian kind of way, that would have made it so he remembered who I was. Um... <laughs> So, like, I'm regretting, I regretted not doing it literally the minute after the show ended. I was like, oh, I should have sent a, a note to Amanda through, uh, you're wrong, because of course Greg would have read it if it was sarcastic. It's um, true. But I was, I was just so in awe of your performance that um, I was just stunned and couldn't do anything. So, good job on that. Thank you. For those that Greg don't. Wants me to come back. Oh, he does? Well, he said it, like, three times. Yeah. <laughs> So I, th- I figure the rule of threes, if he says it three times, he actually means it. Yeah. It's like Beetlejuice. Yeah, it's kind of like Be- – well, I mean – I'm like Beetlejuice. I don't know about that. Um, but um, for those that don't know, Kind of Funny Games Daily, the biggest video game podcast on the planet. I think so, yeah. It's one of them. It's in the conversation. Um Sir. And uh, it's the, the primary host, Greg Miller, likes to bring on talent that um, – that are not necessarily his own crew. And he especially likes to do that during GDC because it's right in his backyard. Yeah, everybody's there. Yeah, so it's very easy for him to cherry-pick people. And, you know, his normal partners in crime are off doing other things. So it made it just nice and easy. Um, And you did a wonderful job. Thank you. Um, As did our mutual friend, uh, Rebecca Valentine. She was amazing. She did great. Um, The whole week was great. Um, It was. I I was a little jealous, but I'll have my turn eventually. Anyway, so um, last week was GDC, and a million things happened. So many things. And this week was not GDC, and guess what? A million million things happened. A million things happened. So here's what we're going to do, folks. Um, A lot of video games happened and were announced. Um... We're going to kind of skip some of the video game announcements because I, uh, Amanda and I are under the impression, be it informed, mostly informed, or otherwise, that a lot of these things are going to be relevant during and after packs, which is in a day. <laughs> so yeah, um, we're going to just skip talking about the game pieces because those are, you know, we're going to talk about that next time. And I think pretty much our next episode is just going to be nonstop talking about games. Um, yelling about packs. Just yelling about packs. Um, hopefully, talking about uh, one for the grown-ups, and I get a little bit of Borderlands. Sounds like it's likely. Um, if it's, it's not, likely. there will be riots in the street. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Boston. So, R.I.P. Boston. Um, it'll be, yeah, it'll be like the Patriots won another Super Bowl. Um, they'll just burn the place down. Um, and so we'll we'll do or that. The 
Yeah, or that. Um, so we will. Um, so we're gonna do that next time when we do probably our very next episode. Um, rat, you know, we're probably gonna kind of skip a board game week and just talk about games because I know I have some cool Go stuff to it. play. Um, you helped me get an, a very good appointment um, today. Um, yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, the it's one that I game. wanted to see. Yeah, I can't even talk about it, guys. But you trust can't. me. Trust me when I say... It is a very good game. It's exactly what I wanted. And they, they, they're they speaking to my soul. So, um, but what what we are going to talk about... Because w- the, the game is changing. And that's not... And I don't mean that in a... I totally mean that in the cliche way. Like, if I actually wrote that in an article, you would red pen the crap out of that. I really would. Um, but I, but you can't red pen my podcast because I'm I in really charge. Can't. It's um, true. So I'm your minion, not the other way around. Within, um, you are my partner in crime. Oh, yay! Um, doing crimes. Yeah, doing crimes. Um, okay. So in this case, what I mean by the game is changing. It's like everybody's coming out with like new weird programs that are not quite. What we're used to, um, and it could be a big deal. So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about Google Stadia. And if you're listening and don't know what that is, it's cool. We're going to explain it. And we're also going to talk about Apple Arcade Plus. Is it Apple Arcade Plus, or am I confusing that with? Oh, that the, it's the Google TV. It's the Apple TV Plus. Apple TV Plus and the Apple Arcade. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the Apple Arcade. And we're going to talk about Google Stadia, and how weird. <laughs> of a battle we're being seen set up um, over the next handful of years. And we're going to talk about that um, because I think these are things that are maybe not necessarily relevant to every parent, but I think we all need to see it on the horizon because it's going to impact everyone, especially because, I mean, I think it's going to impact everybody at least a little bit. Um, So before we get too much farther though, Amanda, if I may, Absolutely. I'd like to take a moment to thank everybody for listening this week. Um, this is, you know, this is a fun show. We do it every week, and we do want to make it more interactive. So please feel free to reach out to us on social media, um, or uh, message us. Uh, message specifically the Facebook page that you can go uh, and find at engagefamilygaming.com/slash/facebook or facebook.com/slash/engagefamilygaming because we're fancy and. Send us some feedback. Give us topic ideas, questions. Amanda and I can answer just about everything. And as Amanda proved on Kind of Funny Games Daily last Friday, she can talk about literally anything um, <laughs> without any pause. Um, There's even... a lot of esoteric knowledge in my brain, Meep. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It doesn't hurt, though, that one of the that one-seventh of the news was Vampire the Masquerade. Like, that was teed up so nicely for you. Perfectly it was for like, me. I was like, man, that's the equivalent. I can't even think of an equivalent. That would be the equivalent of, like, Google opening a LARP when on my day. Probably. Like, that. then it's like it's teed up very nicely for me. But that was just like, oh, man. I, and I thought about it when it was booting up. I'm like, what are they going to talk? Oh, they're going to talk about the vampire thing. She's set. Yep. She's set. That game is going to sell. why we ended up talking about it. Well, yeah, I mean. about it behind the scenes, and I'm like, hey, can we talk about vampire, though? Yeah. And Greg's like, how much you know about vampire? I'm like, just, no, don't worry about it. I got it. <laughs> don't worry about it. I got you, fam. Um, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> realistically, I mean, that game, I mean, not for the families, no. Uh, this is definitely one for the grown-ups, but no, it's, it's crazy. Dark. It's like a super cult game yeah, the when it came out, 
but I don't think it will be super cult now. Like, it no. feels to me like it's the kind of game that is poised for, like, a huge breakout. Um, And I think a lot of it, and, and it doesn't have, and what's crazy is it doesn't have anything to do with the IP. Because, like, Vampire the Masquerade is still the oh, nichiest no, no, no. of niche. But it's, it really does have something to do with the IP because there was there was a mechanic that was built alongside the oh. fifth, like something in fifth edition so that was pretty cool all right well, they talked about it in the interview that i that i did when i was playing okay. the game well you clearly you obviously know more than i do a because you played the first game b because you're more in tune with that particular genre um i do really like c game. you were at the preview event i only saw your pictures on instagram or twitter <laughs> it was twitter yeah, it was um, definitely on Twitter. It's like, hey, know. how about that Bloodlines review? I get confused. I get confused okay. sometimes. They're all the same. Um, okay. And I follow a lot of the same people in, like, multiple places. It gets real confusing. Um, okay. Now, so anyway, um, that's just me. Google. Let's talk about Google. So um, why don't you – so do, do you want to tee this up and then I'll and I'll talk about it? Because I, I did some homework. Okay. All right. So – the best place to find more information about the Stadia is actually on GDBiz because my lovely partner, Mike, ended up writing an incredible piece about some of the questions job. that we are asking about Stadia. So let's talk about what Stadia is going to be. So Stadia is going to be, Google Stadia is going to be a streaming service that is that makes a lot of the same promises that PlayStation Now and OnLive did so that you can instantly play a game stream from the cloud. There are a few other places where you can already do this because like PlayStation Now is still kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And I personally use uh, Blades Shadow, which is another service where you actually just get access to a Windows 10 PC, which is super cool. And everything mm -hmm. on there is streamed either to this really neat little box called a ghost or, you know, just to a regular app on your phone or on your uh, on your PC or your Mac. So that's pretty much what Stadia is. There was a lot of really interesting conversation around it in terms of the technical aspect and maybe mm -hmm. some of the biggest drawbacks, which will be internet connection. That's going to be the biggest drawback here for parents and for, for kiddos that are in regions that maybe you don't have, like, access to fiber. Or yeah. you don't have access to great internet, and that's going to be the really, that's going to be the choke point. That's going to be what's going to put a strangle on on Google Stadia. Um, but yeah, essentially, it is just you pick a game that you want to play that's on the Stadia service. You stream it directly from the cloud, and you just go. You don't have to wait for it to download. You don't have to wait for your internet to catch up, um, mm -hmm. and like download patches. It's just ready to go, and it's just waiting for you. In theory. I have not put my hands on Stadia, so I don't actually know. The only cloud gaming service I've used is, is Blades Shadow, and I love it, and even that has some hiccups, and we have great internet. So Stadia is a bit of a question mark right now. I mean, it's a huge question mark. One, because we don't know if it'll work, but two, because they still left a lot of details out. They um, did. So thank you very much for teeing that up for me. I um, got you. I'm going to break this down in the in the big the, – the, the most the layman picture. terms ever. This is Netflix for video games, and that's what they're trying to do. Um, I think the funniest part about that whole press conference was when the CEO of Google came out at a gaming thing and said that he doesn't play games. That was really weird for me. I was like, maybe that's not the best way to sell 
your new thing. Um, yes. But also, you can't follow that up by saying, I, well, you can't say, I don't play games, and then say immediately afterwards, but I play a lot of FIFA, because that means you play games. Um, but, like, whatever. He's the CEO of Google. He can do whatever he wants. I'll just, he'll just be fine. If he wants to just say goofy crap in front of a press conference, more power to him. He's got more money than me, so he can just, he can buy his way. So, um, so that's more or less what this is. You are, uh, using their service and more or less kind of renting your computer at their house (laughs) and it's doing the work. And sending all of the results of that work, uh, meaning whatever the video game is that you're playing, to whatever device you're playing on. What's really neat about it, assuming it works. Now, let's just, everything I say right now is heavily caveated, air quotes like crazy, y'all can't see me do it. But um, it should work, but but I'm doing it anyway, Um, is uh, anything with a Chrome browser or that can run a Chrome browser would be able to run this because that's what how, that's kind of their doorway, more yep. or less. Their window into Stadia is they're using a Chrome browser. So that means um, most laptops, um, you know, your laptops, your desktop PCs, most phones um, have can run a Chrome browser. Um, yep. I'm sure... Chrome browsers will stop working on iOS devices when Stadia goes live. Um, I don't know why Apple would do that, but the uh, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, and so that's the that that's kind of quote unquote how it will work. Um, the way, one of the ways they sold it, which I think is actually kind of the coolest, you know, use cases, is you can watch a YouTube video. And at the end of the YouTube video, there will be a button that says play now. And you hit the button and supposedly within five seconds, the game will just show up in your browser and you'll be able to play it. Um, if if that sounds like magical Christmas land to me. Um, <laughs> and um, but if but if if that actually is even kind of executable, right, like even if it's 30 seconds, <laughs> um that's still pretty cool. And really it what is. that does is, depending on what the games are, um, that gives you access to games without necessarily needing to buy a console. Um, and for some games, that'd be pretty rad. For example, mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is one of like their example titles. They used it on yes. a pilot last year. We can assume. I, I don't know if they explicitly said it, but I, I don't think they needed to, um, that it will also be available on Stadia. Um, so... You could just play Assassin's Creed Odyssey without having to buy a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One. Um, mm-hmm. And those are $300 plus dollar machines. So being able to avoid that, if this works, is pretty awesome. Um, but again, I think Amanda and I, in the last five minutes of this podcast, have said if this works or some derivation thereof. Uh, more than we probably should. There'd be some red pen if we were writing this out. Um <laughs> And so, thankfully, we're not. Well, thankfully, we're not because this is this is exactly this is conversational. So, um, with all that said, I still think this is super rad, and I think this is for me. This is not for now. Like th- that's my issue. Like I don't really feel like Google Stadia is designed for 2019. It's coming out in 2019, but for me, this is for 2022. This is okay. for um, assuming they don't bail on it. And I was listening to a you know great podcast with uh, Jason Schreier on it, and he said, and I kind of agree with him. 
Google does have a tendency. You know, we look at back at their history. They have a tendency to get real excited about stuff, and yeah. then they just they. Which hop- Mike wrote about in his piece too. Yeah, is that they have a long they just track record. Yeah, it's they have a long track record of like launching cool stuff. Like I really liked Google Wave when it came out, and Google Inbox, which they yeah. just you know took to the curb like yep. a week ago. And yeah, yeah, I mean, they they've built some really Google cool Glass products and they're yeah, all the stuff that they've built and they're just like eh, it was neat for a set for a hot minute, but we're in Silicon Valley. We don't we don't work in minutes. We work in nanoseconds. Fair. The only counterpoint I have to that, and this is, and I, I'm counterpointing an idea that I agree with, um, and this is what's so interesting about this product. Can we call it a product? It's a service. It's a service. We call it a service. Um, is, I get it. We should hurry up. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're okay. Um, We're okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm just really tired after GDC and PAX is like tomorrow, so. Yeah. Um, so, the, um, I totally joked myself out of my train of thought. So, the counterpointing my counterpoint here is gaming is the future, right? Like, Yo. so, whereas, you know, penetrating the email client market doesn't have, like, sky is the limit money. Like, they already penetrated the, the email market because I don't know anybody email. that doesn't have a Gmail account, right? Like. True. Like there's some things that just like the sky th- th- there's a there's a ceiling on how much money is available. Mm-hmm. If they are able to through their market positioning, the fact that Google Google has a like they have name recognition. Everybody knows what Google is, even if they don't know what Google is, right? Yeah, they recognize true. a name. And yeah. so video game stuff is the sky is the limit. I mean, we look at the amount of money that Nintendo is bringing in right now, right? Like mm. lots. Sure. Now and considering the fact that we know Google has been trying to diversify because at any time they have to diversify because at any time their entire business model could just get shot out a window um, by like and regulations and trying to diversify into games, right? Like, I mean, we've seen it with some of the acquisitions that they've had. They ended up acquiring um, a VR company last year called Alchemy. They're the, they're the folks behind like job simulator and vacation mm-hmm. simulator and stuff like that. Cheeky, irreverent folks, really good people. And now they have Jade Raymond, who is yeah. former EA Motive and Ubisoft. So, I mean, she's who is a super talented. A legend in the industry. A super legend. talented, yes. Absolutely. And a recent winner of the New York Video Game Awards, which which is awesome, cool. Well, it's a big which deal. is really awesome, too. It's big a deal. huge deal. For, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, like, Google is definitely looking to put its best foot forward into gaming. I just don't know what the shape of it's going to look like or how long they're going to stick it out for. I have a feeling that based on the fact that they have a fully, wholly owned VR studio in addition to a couple of other game studios, although I can't remember them off the top of my head. um, Like, I think that they're in it for the long haul, but, I mean, their track record is not It's not great. Um. So, they certainly have the potential. Yeah. Um, and of and the, they com- the deep pockets. And they have the deep pockets. And now they have some of the talent. Um, you know, some of the people they kept parading up on stage, um, you know, gave me hope. Um, so, um, you know, so that's the promise, right? Like, Google is there. They have the money. They have talent. And they have a good idea, right? 
and the the limiting factor is obviously internet, but there will never be a time in the future, barring apocalyptic events, that um, where there are fewer people with good internet worldwide, Great. right? Like, and they could impact some of that. I mean, the reality is, if they really were like, "Wow, we have this thing that could make infinity money," all we got to do is give everybody fiber. Like, the reality is, if Google wanted to, they could the just Fortnite give every game subscription services. Yeah. yeah, they could just give everybody fiber. I mean, it's a lot of money, but like, they could do it. They could, um, maybe not everybody, but like you know what I mean. They could do it if it was if they saw the potential. So, um, but I want to talk. So that's the the potential for it. Um, I want to talk about one very specific problem, um, and then I want to talk about some unknowns. So a very specific problem is one that Mike and I uh, very much agree on, and that is Google owns YouTube, which is a hot mess. Um, in that. Um, I mean, YouTube by itself is such a great idea, and it is – as oh, someone who uses is. it, I produce content for it, mm-hmm. um, and here. I'm in the – you know, I'm I'm in a niche that is where I am surrounded and regularly compared to family-based YouTubers, which is not what I want, but what are you going to do? <laughs> My kids open products with me, so I am compared to them. Um, but the – the issue with YouTube is that it has gotten so big that it's toxic and borderline unsafe. And so, and they really have not demonstrated broadly that they are able to manage that. Um, And so the fact that, you know, if I, if Stadia ends up being like a subscription service, which I, I think that's where everybody's kind of leaning towards, we're just assuming that it will be that, at least, or at least that will be a component of it. If I'm a Stadia subscriber, or my family is, I don't know that I'm super cool letting the storefront that my kids use to, like, find Stadia games be YouTube, because, like, man, you see some things on YouTube. Uh-huh. Um and yeah, you do. and I'm not even talking about the content because you, they could they, they do police that, but the um you know the comments and you know some of the stuff like that is just a it's a mess, um mm-hmm. and the content has its challenges also. I know they are taking steps. They are. But they're very small steps. No, who knows? In a couple of years, it could be very different. I mean, they could put money into actual moderation and like. Who knows? But so I think that's a serious problem for me. Like I would tend to agree. I wouldn't let my kid and tell me I, I wouldn't let my kids go to Best Buy if like every time they walked down an aisle at Best Buy, someone taught them a new bad word, <laughs> you know, or thre- or threatened their life or my life. Sure. <laughs> you know, like I would just I wouldn't send them to Best Buy. I would send them to Walmart. <laughs> You know, like I just wouldn't sure. do that. Or Target. Um, or Target. We can go to Target. You got the cute dog with the, the Target on his face. So exactly. like, and they have Pizza Huts in them. That's that's me. And so, Starbucks. And the Starbucks. Man, now I'm hungry. Um. Okay. So, <laughs> so that's a significant problem. Yes. The good news on that is they know it's a problem. It's just a matter of how much effort they're willing to put in to fix it. But again, this is infinity money that is in front of them. That so. They could fix it. They just need to spend the money to do it. Um, so who knows? Um, so now there's the uh, – so that's the potential challenges. Now here's the unknowns. Um, 
we don't know a lot of details about the games that are going to be available for it. I mean, this is more or less a hardware platform. Super duper air quotes, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's a platform. This is it's meant to... It's a platform to... where the cloud is your computer. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're renting one of their computers, more or less. Um, and so, like, the real question ultimately becomes, what are we going to play on it? Because as Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft all know... Um, is games that determine where you play. Mm-hmm. So, um, and Steam knows all about that too. I mean, how popular was Steam? Not very until they gave everybody Portal for free, right? Like games like, are. No what... one wasn't. No one was buying into it. They're like digital distribution of games. Why would I do that? And then they and put out Portal. The... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And now look at the state of the industry, where you know you're seeing numbers on an on a number of different kinds of games i mean i think the last set of numbers that i saw for like the division two is that in the uk it sold like 20 percent of physical copies as the division one so mm-hmm. like we are moving to a digital only world oh yeah it's definitely happening. yeah and so and but we can already buy things digitally on steam we can buy them digitally we on can. ps4 and xbox one and on switch um, but how long do we have to wait for those games to download, Steve? I mean, I don't know. I got the Power Rangers fighting game this afternoon, and it downloaded real fast. <laughs> okay. Oh, man, I want to check that game out so bad. <laughs> it's only $20. It's $20. I'm going to pull, pull the trigger on that um, one. Um, you can be an evil um, Pink Ranger. I've never wanted anything more um, in and, my life. Um, yeah, I mean, anyway, w- w- that's for next week. Next week, next I'm gonna definitely. I'm gonna talk about, about when I talk about Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. That'll be my first one. Um, I can't wait. Anyway, so um, so the games are the question mark. We know a few things, right? So we know Doom Eternal, <laughs> and we know Assassin's Creed Odyssey. We don't Rawr. know Assassin's Creed Odyssey because I don't think they explicitly stated it, but I think they it's a not. very, very, very safe bet. Um, so that's two. Um, and we know there's a couple other companies that are working on games, um, but we don't know anything more than that. Um, but we know Jade Raymond's going to make a game, but she is brilliant. Absolutely. Brilliant. However, she is not rapid. No. Um, and that's okay. I mean, not everyone is rapid. I mean, listen, um, Mr. Miyamoto does not exactly sprint across the finish line either. Um, no. So, I mean, we give her a break, but that means we're playing a game of hers in five years. Probably. Maybe, right? Um, so we don't know what the games are. And so we got to find that out. Uh, the other piece, and I think this is pro- this is definitely going to get answered sooner rather than later, is how are we paying for this crap? <laughs> um, yeah. How much? Knows what the subscription price is, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and is the subscription going to get us everything? Is it going to get us some of it and then there's going to be premium, you know, like a la carte stuff? It's going to be tough to say. Um, so that the good news is that is obviously, I mean, that's not something that we're not going to know. We won't know, quote unquote, if it's going to work until we actually like try it live. But the, um, you know, how much is it going to cost and what games? I'm sure we'll find that out at E3. They said we'll find out more this summer. Um, if they don't go to E3 and take advantage of the fact that there are no other press conferences and just throw their own, I would be very surprised. Well, I mean, I mean, Microsoft's still going to have its press conference, right? Yeah. Well, there's but... and Ubi will still do theirs, and same with Bethesda. So, but I mean, like Sony's not going to have theirs. 
so, so there's we'll no Sony, and there's no e, and there's no EA. No, EA's not doing anything. They're just focusing on the live event. But yeah. they're starting on Friday. E3's a full week now. Yeah, I'm good. Um, full I'll be bu- week. We'll be building our set that day. Perfect. So I like um, this idea better. I'll be there. <laughs> I mean, if you want. I mean, I think that I might can't. be complicated. I, have to be in Los <laughs> I was like, I was like, that sounds complicated, but like, you, I say this: you are absolutely welcome. If somehow that turn, I don't know, man. Never happen. I, I mean, gotta be in L.A. Uh, I agree. Oh, no. oh, I agree. I'm just saying. Listen, I would be remiss. Of course, you are welcome. It's a bad it idea. Oh, of course, it would. Idea. I mean, it's a terrible idea. Um, it's a great idea for us, though, but we will be building our set while that stream is on in the background, and one, and I will have, because they're going to have all sorts of live streams, I'm going to have, like, a child watching them, like Evan, and he'll be like, hey, Dad, I'll come watch this, you. if it matters. Yes, we'll get you covered. You'll be fine. You'll see it all on the, on the you'll see it all on the Twitter, because we'll be doing all sorts of shenanigans. So, so that's the Google thing. That's the Google thing. Okay, what else happened this week? Well, let's talk about the Apple thing. That oh, you man, know all I, about. I, I was all I was all up in the Apple thing. So what's so I because I knew you knew because I saw the thing that you wrote. Um, I didn't read it yet because I knew okay. you were gonna tell me firsthand. I clicked on it. I got you the click. Thank you for the click. But I, I appreciate the clicks. But I didn't read it because I knew you were gonna tell me. So Apple did some things. I don't okay. know why they're bringing magazines back. That's a separate animal. Um. So, what is up with Apple Arcade? Okay. So, Apple Arcade was announced yesterday. And what it is going to be is a subscription service that will allow folks to play premium games for a set price. So, instead of going into the Apple App Store and you're like, I don't know what to play. Uh, I want to buy games. I think I want to play Monument Valley or maybe Florence or... Maybe, I don't know, I just don't know what I'm in the mood for. So what Apple Arcade is going to do is it's going to wrap up a combination of, you know, like core games, mid-core games, and family-friendly games into a service called Apple Arcade. And there are hundreds mm-hmm. exclusive titles that will be available on Apple Arcade, which means they will not be available anywhere else. Oh. So, yeah, that's the impression that I'm getting. I should be sitting down with Apple, like, soon <laughs> to get more information. <laughs> But, um, um, keep me posted. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So we don't ha- we don't have a whole lot of details yet. We do know that games can be family shared, or that uh, Apple Arcade is family shareable. So you don't have to have more than one um, Apple Arcade subscription. Oh, you that's just good. The one, which is great. You can still lock it down with parental controls. And that's good. Yeah. So that's that's really good stuff. And you will not see any ads. There are no in-app purchases. These are premium games, not freemium games, premium games Mm -hmm. um, that will be available in this service. And they'll regularly rotate out. So that's what matters for parents, I think, when it comes to the Apple Arcade service. You'll be able to use um, Apple Arcade on your phone, on your iPad, on your Mac, or, um, or on Apple TV. So it's you can play it in a number of different places depending on what your platforms are. So everything's set, except for obviously PC and Android, because, you know, Apple doesn't hang out there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good. All right. Thank you for that information. Absolutely. All right. So, and you're right. That that feels like the information that parents need. We don't know how much yeah. it's going to cost. 
We do not. We won't know until the fall. That's when Apple Arcade is supposed to launch. Um, so, do we know any of the games yet? We do, actually. I know one, Outland from Finji. Yes. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, so, a few of other games here. Uh, Lego Brawls, Sonic Racing, Ocean Horn 2, Knights of the Lost Realm. In addition to a new title from the Chinese room called Little Orpheus. Um, a new title from Night School. They're behind Oxenfree mm -hmm. and the new game After Party. Uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi is going to be pulling together a new game for Apple Arcade, as is Ken Wong's Mountain Games, which is the development studio behind Florence. So most of those are either unannounced or they're freshly announced. And some of the uh, the kiddo-friendly stuff that's already available is already available on the App Store as it is. So if you have it, you know, whatever. So yeah, this is, I mean, it's overall very positive for consumers. Um, I don't know what it'll look like from the business side of the equation yet. And obviously that's the side of the equation I care about the most. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's positive, I think all around for consumers though. I think that it's going to offer a lot of choice. It's going to help some problems with like, oh my goodness, I don't know what to play. So you have this curated list of a hundred games that are just top shelf by a lot of really really great developers they're not you know fly-by-night operations these yeah. are you know deeply rooted deeply entrenched in the mobile gaming industry and you'll be able to play them on your mac as well so that you know mac finally has a dedicated platform for its games which is really cool too uh, yeah i'm a pretty big fan of that that i mean realistically yeah. that's you know what drew, drew me to the thing i mean i have sure. you know a high-end iphone so i'm sure i'll be able to play all these games um sure. we got to assume that the new game from that game company that was originally announced for apple tv is probably going to come to the service too also that weird Agreed. like flying one with mm -hmm. the dragons and stuff we got to i mean we haven't Could heard well be. we haven't heard anything about it but i can't imagine that it's not one of them. Um, so yeah, that's Apple Arcade. That is super fascinating. It's crazy that this... So this fall, um, when uh, Stadia, which, fun fact, everybody, Stadia is the plural form of stadium. Think about that. Mind blown. Uh, that was a bonus fun fact in my little article. If you want to know more information, or if you want to read, basically, what uh, Amanda and I just talked about, there is an article up on the mothership, EngageFamilyGaming.com, that I wrote, five things parents need to know about Stadia. Uh, that was the bonus sixth. Um, I guess I kind of ruined my like tease. That. But, um, so, it's crazy that this fall, we're going to have, you know, like, all sorts of premium subscription game Absolutely. services that all do different stuff. Exactly, because we've also got Xbox Game Pass, which will be coming to PC as well. Yep. So Xbox gamers that are like, oh my goodness, you know, I don't necessarily want to play on my Xbox anymore because I'm not in love with it. I have this great new gaming PC. Well, here you go. Xbox Game Pass is going to work on your PC as well. Yeah. So it's really, like, it's very positive for the consumer all the way around. Mm -hmm. I'm concerned about what implications there are going to be for developers, but we won't have any data on that for a number of a number of quarters, I suppose, yeah, it'll, to I see mean, how that'll impact the bottom lines. I feel like the Apple subscription, Apple Arcade, and this is just me throwing spaghetti at the wall, I think I like that one might be a net positive. 
for the for the per- people who participate, and part of that is that because yeah. they get to avoid yeah that are chosen, and in in large part because they get to avoid the um, kind of being lumped in with the free to play pile, right? Like free to play games, yeah, three hundred thousand games are on the app store currently, which is insanity. And um, who knows how many of those work. The vast majority of them are free and but are deliberately trying to, you know, like take advantage of people. Like, I feel like um, the Apple Arcade service, especially if it's competitively priced, right? It has the opportunity to, like, add value, like, to, to actually increase the value of games. Because yeah. it's like, maybe... If you're not selected, you're screwed. Um, but I think it kind of depends. I, I mean, it can go either way. I think that it's going to be potentially positive, at least on the surface, for developers mm-hmm. that are chosen to be a part of the program. Because as far as I know, um, Apple is planning on helping offset development costs. And there are rumors about how they're going to keep those developers on the service, even though there are also rumors about, you know, paying out in time, based like paying out developers in the time played in the, in the particular games, which is kind of lousy, but I don't have any more information. But on if there's right only a hundred of them. Yeah. I mean, like that's, that's the bonus about keeping it, keeping it really small. And I mean, like that's still a lot of games. Don't get me wrong. But those are a lot of high-quality premium games that are going to get yeah. people really excited about, you know, picking up a brand-new iPhone XS mm-hmm. Max, you know, and spending $1,000 on their bonkers phones. Because they're um, crazy. Or, <laughs> or getting an iPad Pro or something like that. Yeah. So it could be positive for developers. It yeah. could not be. But overall, it's very positive for consumers, and it's yep. very positive for parents. Because you're not going to have to sit there and, like, let your kid get nickel and dime. And there will be no ads, no in-app purchases, nothing. It is a great way to sidestep that. It's great. I mean, it's part of the reason why we have have programs like Netflix and Hulu and stuff like that, especially if you pay for Hulu. You don't have to deal with commercials. Mm -hmm. Like, and your kids are not going to get sold to. Yeah. Which is which is cool. I mean, like that creates a much more pure experience, I guess, for lack of a better term. I mean, yeah. Um, kiddos. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, Very pro consumer. Did you see the uh, speaking of um, kids being advertised? Did you see the big lawsuit in Brazil? I did not. So in Brazil, there is like a class action lawsuit style thing. It's not exactly the same because Brazil is obviously different. Um. In Brazil, it is illegal to advertise to anyone under the age of 12, right? Purely illegal. You can't advertise under the age of 12. Um, they're going after the uh, YouTube channels that do unboxings um, because they oh, are because they are viewing them as advertising. Um, and so the big question mark is, are they ads? Are they not? It's, it's an interesting discussion. I could see it go either way. Um I will be interested to see it. Um, I know our time is running low, but I do want to. But there was one more thing that happened. Did you know that they announced the nominees for, rather, the finalists for the 2019 class in the World Video Game Hall of Fame? I did not. Would you care not to before. know? Okay, yes. so 
Um, I, I love this. This is my favorite time of the year, uh, and I always forget about it, but that's how weird my life is. Um, so there's the World Video Game Hall of Fame, which, by the way, I am planning on going sometime in the next year or so. Um, it's in New York, <laughs> so you should come with me. Um, yes, I, I think should. it would be a Absolutely. lot of fun. Um, if we go and like make a weekend of it, we can make a whole lot of content. It would be great. Um, that's your official invitation. We'll talk about it off air. Here are the nominees Tell for me. this year. Now, there have been like three or four classes beforehand, but these are the nominees this year. In alphabetical order, just so nobody thinks there's preferences. Candy Crush. Centipede. Colossal Cave Adventure. Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah. Half-Life. This next one, if it doesn't go in this year, I'm going to be real mad. Should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Microsoft Windows Solitaire. You got to think about it. You got to think about it. Um, How about this? Immediately followed by Mortal Kombat. (laughs) Which I have yelled about a lot lately. Oh, man. The trailer from yesterday. The trailer from yesterday with Ice Cube in it was amazing. The worst part is I was watching that with my son. And the general was watching too. And so, (laughs) like, I mean, the Mortal Kombat, like, thing popped up. And my wife immediately grabbed Megan by the eyes and was like, okay, we're going to hide this. (laughs) And then then I was like, boys, close your eyes. Close your eyes. And they did the thing where they closed it but, like, definitely opened their fingers. And then, like, (laughs) Kung Lao throws his hat at the dude. And Uh it's like, yeah. And I was like, oops. And my wife was watching and she was like, "Uh, honey. We're not buying this game. And I was like, truth be told, I didn't want to buy this game. I'm going to rent this game. Because I want to play the story. I want to see Johnny Cage talk junk to Johnny Cage. Um, So anyway, um, so Mortal Kombat, Mist. Mist. Um, Mist is fantastic. Yep. NBA 2K. Cool, cool, cool. Sid Meier's Civilization. Super Mario Kart. And Super Smash Brothers Melee. Of course. All now, of these are of course. Right? Everything is so good. Everything is of course. Um, so, which one? So, I believe, my understanding, my experience has been that every year they pick four. So, you can go to the World Video Game Hall of Fame website. Voting ends. Um,. Okay, so voting's going to be over by the time uh, anybody gets to listen to this. Um, but they... Let's see here. So, basically, there's three games that will be... Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think they add three games a year. So, like, for example, last year they added Pac-Man, Super Mario Brothers, and Tetris. Okay. So, um, this is crazy. I mean, so it is in, it's in Rochester, New York, so it's not super close to you, but whatever, we can make a trip of it. Um, I, so if you had to choose one, because you can only vote for one, who are you voting for out of those? Would you like me to repeat? No, no, I have it in my brain meets. Okay. Hmm. The choice is clear for me. I mean, clearly you're going to vote for Solitaire. (laughs) I am. Clearly. I think Solitaire I has you. to go in. I totally get you on that one. Um, I think for me, probably Super Mario Kart because it was the very first kart racer. So I like. I it. feel like it. 
I mean, it's it was it's a beloved game for me. I have a ton of amazing memories playing that game in my old basement with my brother, and you know, like pushing him over and covering his eyes so he can't play the game anymore, and you know, like just like <laughs> knocking him down and hitting him with pillows, and you know, so actual melee, but playing video games. I mean, physical activity. It exactly. It's cool. Um, so um, to be. I'm my vote is um, solitaire and and I think a big piece of that is um, more people are technically gamers because of solitaire than I that than any other game on the list Uh, it's worth mentioning last year's and uh, I'm looking at the list um, last year's entrants were Final Fantasy 7 John Madden football of course, um, and yeah, Tomb Raider. Ooh. Oh, and Space War. That's okay, some that's old fair. school stuff. That's old, um, but yeah, fair. The fir- it started in 2015. Um, in 2015, what well, just for sake of illustration was Pac-Man, Pong, and uh, Tetris, and uh, Super Mario Brothers, and World of Warcraft. All of these are perfect. I mean, this is the thing, right? Oh, like. And then some of the other notables, Doom, Donkey Kong, Halo, Combat Evolved. Absolutely. Um, Space Invaders, The Sims. Um, one of the things I like about the world game, the, the World Video Game Hall of Fame, is that it is, um, you know, because of the way that they, um, that they make their selections, um, it really does allow non- it's not from the core gamer gaze, right? Like if yep. if you get, you know, if we go to PAX this weekend, right, and we were to pull a room, you know, I, I think it's possible that like The Sims wouldn't get the love that it needed or World of Warcraft. I think, you know, like World of Warcraft is a pivotal game, but I think a lot of people might forget it. Same thing with Tetris, right? And so... Not with um, Tetris 99. Well, we okay, this. well, Tetris 99 is a little bit different, um, but... A month ago, it would Tetris might have been kind of disregarded, right? Yeah. And so the fact that, like, literally one of the nominees is Candy Crush. Like, this year, I'm looking at my phone right now, Candy Crush is one of the nominees. That wouldn't happen if it wasn't for the way they do it. Um, that's one of the reasons why I really kind of dig into these nomination nominees every year. Uh, longtime fans of the site know I always talk about it a lot. You know, obviously, we'll talk about it more as it gets closer. Maybe we'll uh, dedicate an episode and kind of talk about it. Oh, by the way, another one that I it. forgot to mention. Of course, we'll yell about it. Another one that I mentioned, uh, 27 Inductee, obviously, Pokemon Red and Green. The Japanese ones, um, but I'm also sure that good. I'm sure that's because they just picked something. If they had to pick some place to start, um, so yeah. So the, the, those are the things that occurred. How about this? We made we have an entire podcast where we talked about services and interesting stuff happening, but we didn't mention any video games that we played. It's true. Um, I played a lot of video games. You this did, week, and we're we gonna did. play even more in a couple of days. Are you gonna play a lot of the same ones? A lot of the same. Uh, you mean? Yeah. Are we gonna play a lot of the same ones? Is well, there gonna be overlap? I'm more we're concerned about you. You'll recall I wasn't at GDC. Oh no, I'm not. I didn't play barely any games at GDC. Oh. Okay. I was running around talking to CEOs and like I was in interviews most, you were, of, the, most you were, of the time. You were running from place to place from uh, I was. from listening to your uh, from. Well, you can't really listen to Twitter, but from reading your Twitter. Yeah, um, it was it was a lot of running around, and the vast majority of what I was doing was interviewing people. 
Um, the only you're exceptions very good at I had, it. thank you. The only exceptions I had were Vampire mm-hmm. and um, a game that you are going to be going to see at PAX. Oh, yeah, the one that so, you helped me. Those were the only two games that I played during PAX or during GDC at all. PAX is, I didn't book it super firmly so that I can run around and play as many games as I possibly can. Um, uh-huh. It's going to be really good. I'm I'm really really excited about like spending the next few days and just playing a ton of games and knowing that I'm going to be curating, you know, what the content calendar is going to be looking like for Super Parent and you and I are going to be picking out games that we're going to be playing and we're going to be talking about yeah. on the podcast too, which is great. That is I'm one thing really I like about PAX East. PAX East is just early enough that a lot of the stuff we're not everything, but a lot of the stuff that we're going to see is going to be coming out in the next like year or so. Yeah, Whereas like sometimes exactly. it like when we were at E3, um, you know, like some of the stuff we were seeing was either imminent, like when I sat yeah. down for my Dragon Quest demo or sure. you know Kingdom Hearts, but like some of the stuff we were seeing was just it was a ways. <laughs> right? Um whereas PAX, you know, we're going to go sit down with some indie games and like we know what's coming. Um and that's exciting about PAX. You know, that's the thing that I love about PAX. So, yeah, um, PAX West is a lot of the same thing, too. The best part of PAX West is going to the sixth floor and checking out all of the mid-tier indies and checking out the Indie Mega booth and the mini booth and everything like yeah. that. The indies are the best part. They are the stars of every PAX. Which is by design. Spoiler alert. And go figure now out. Now it how- is, for sure. How about this? Even Microsoft's booth is going to have a huge focus on indie games. Um, yeah, after Xbox. after their thing they did today, so yeah. <laughs> excuse me, um, so yeah, that's the um, you know, so this has been episode one hundred and seventy of engage Fam- of engage a family gaming podcast. We're gonna sign off so both of us can rest and be prepared for um, <laughs> um, and be prepared for working hard over the next handful of days. Folks, um, I hope you have a wonderful day and a, and a great week. We'll be back next week uh, to talk about actual video games. Not like video game happenings, but video games themselves. How um, many video games? So many. Um, but before we go, I do have two favors to ask. The first one, everyone listening to this podcast has uh, knows someone that needs to hear it. Do what you got to do. Get the podcast in front of them. Share the link. Show them the name. I don't know how you want to do it. Send them my way. I'll I'll sell them on it. Um, uh-huh. if, or send them to Amanda because she'll pitch them as well. Um, and if you don't know someone, that's cool. Leave us a review on whatever podcast service uh, you use uh, because more reviews mean a bigger audience uh, it's more likely to recommend us to people looking for family gaming podcasts um, and then bigger audiences mean more opportunity for me and Amanda to do cool stuff so um, have a great week Amanda I'll see you in a day and a half day and a half friend and until next time everybody don't forget to get your family game on take care bye now Thank you for listening to Engage, a family gaming podcast.